Welcome back to the questions portion of our podcast. We got a good one today. It's a question that's very common. I've got it a few times and I realize that I haven't podcasted on it yet. So here we go. The question is, what if I don't feel saved? And this is a, I'm summarizing this question. This question came to me this past week and um, in a few different ways. The way that it was presented to me, it was more so, you know, I know I love, I know God, I love Christ, but how do, how do I know if I'm, like, how do I feel if I'm saved or not? Like, I'm, I'm scared that I don't really feel it. You know, how do I know? So, to answer that question, getting right into it, it's unfortunate because we live in a feeling oriented society we base it everything off of our feelings and a lot of that has spilled over and infected the church and it's 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 totally come in and our our infected our ideas with, uh, about god and certainly the the church has not done itself any favors in just growing these overly charismatic teachers who teach that you know you're gonna the holy spirit's gonna descend upon you and you're gonna go out and and conquer the world and and nothing's gonna you know no weapon uh formed against you shall prosper you're you're just you're on it and that's that's not always the case you certainly will produce fruit you certainly um you know you certainly will feel that fire for truth uh inside of you but it's not going to be something as if like how we would would relate to feeling, you know, we're not going to feel just electrified and just like, you know, somebody's driving us like a robot. Like that's, that's not the case. Um, you know, scripture never says that, you, you, you know, the salvation, you're going to feel salvation. You're, you're, you're going to understand that. Um, you know, it, it doesn't save by feelings. It says that you're saved by faith. And it couldn't be any more clear in Ephesians 1.13. And Paul writes, In him you also, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit. So it's when you heard the word of truth, the gospel, and believed in Christ, were sealed with the Spirit. Now, in an important element to understand is that man is completely depraved which means that he will not come to god on his own in his own nature if he is left alone we are sinful flesh and we will always choose to rebel against god we have an example of that in the beginning of the bible an example of that at the very end of scripture in revelation 20 when we see we have rebellion even in the most perfect of scenarios and times with the Lord ruling and reigning on literally on earth. We still see as in the beginning, man still have that choice. So what's, in, what's important to understand is that you cannot come to God on your own. The Lord must draw you to him. Okay, that's not something 
that we can do or will do rather in Jesus in Matthew 16 uh, verse 17 he says it so clear speaking to Peter about Peter confessing the Christ and Jesus answers him blessed are you Simon Barjona for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you but my father who is in heaven so the Lord is the one who opens our eyes to be able to receive the message to even be able to hear and understand this message this is by the grace of the Lord even to even have that so the Lord is is pulling you to him he is opening your 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 eyes to be able to even understand the word of truth so you have that that choice that you take there to accept what you hear and once you accept what you hear the gospel of your salvation as paul says you're sealed with the promised holy spirit and that's something that you cannot lose you cannot lose your salvation that is a false doctrine that there is uh, we um it's actually on my website but uh um, well, we're going to have to do a podcast about that this soon, but, uh, no, you, you cannot lose your salvation. It's not something that you can lose, uh, in any verses that anybody would point you to are not speaking of, of, unbe you know, unbelievers. They're, they're, they're speaking to believers and being corrected. And we're not talking about eternal damnation because we know Romans eight one, there's no condemnation for those who have, of us who are in Christ Jesus. And so we are sealed with that spirit. All right. So again, I want to, to revert back to none of this is your own action, except for your exception of the word, the faith. When you came to Christ in faith. Okay. Again, but, but it was only by the grace of God that you came to Christ in faith. So, what's my point there god did that and you didn't so obviously there's something going on there that that's that's true and sure because when you realize these things and 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 we as is i know as um you know even for most you know baby christians um just new in the faith you know, they go, of course I want to do what's right. Of course I want to, you know, I, I want to follow the Lord. I just want to do all I can. And then they turn around and they go, well, how do you know you're saved? Well, you just proved. <laughs> you just, you, and, and uh, we're going to, I'll take you to scripture in First John and show us. I mean, this is, we don't make this stuff up. Scripture, we go to scripture to get the answers to our questions. And God provides us beautifully with a book that's literally about this subject. I mean, it's, it's, it answers it. Like, I don't even need to be here. I, we can just read it. And that's what's awesome about it because it just gives us, you know, everything. But I want to note before we, we go into First John that did you see any or hear anything about feelings? No. You were sealed by a work of God. God's already working in you and he's sealed you. There's nothing in there that says like you want a receipt for that feeling. Like there's, there's nothing there for it. 
So we don't, in, in, again, this isn't to you saying that or, or to anybody that would be listening. It's just that, that that comes from, you know, the, as I was mentioning earlier, the false teachers that really want to, you know, spiritualize every, and you, you know, you, you literally feel this, this transformation and you're on the, on the ground convulsing and all these different things. And, and there's no, that's not biblical. And that's very, very harmful. And that harms younger Christians that are, are trying to serve the Lord, to be honest with you, because then you sit there and you, you are truly trying, you know, you, um, to, to follow the Lord and you know, you're, you're concerned and perhaps you don't have a shepherd in your life that can, that can assure you. But then you see things and hear things like this and you're like, well, I clearly will don't feel that. I haven't done that. I haven't spoken tongues. I haven't, you know, ran around my house. Like, you know, and that just does a, a horrible disservice to that. And, and that's just really unfortunate because that's nowhere in there does it say any of that. We, we have, you know, some pretty crazy stuff happening in the book of Acts. But, you know, this is... <laughs> This is the apostles. You're not an apostle. Like they, this is the people that walked with him, and they knew the whole story. They're the reason why even are re why we're even reading this. God used them for us to even understand these things. The book of Acts was to tell us about what they did, not what we can do. So, with that understanding, go to if we go to First John. I think you know the. One of the clearest chapters is chapter two, starting in verse one. My little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Here in verse three is the answer to your question. And by this, we know, we know, underline that, that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. So if we, do you see there with, with verse two and three, let me read it again. He is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And by this, we know that we have come to know him if we keep his commandments. Verse four, whoever says, I know him, but does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. But whoever, whoever keeps his word in him truly the love of God is perfected. By this we may know that we are in him. Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which he walked. It can't get any more clear than that. You love him? You, you follow him? Then you're saved. You keep his commandments. That's how we know. That's the ultimate test. It's not about feeling. 
like I said, you already have that. You're like, of course, I, w- I want to read the Bible. I want to read scripture. I have this desire. Well, there you go. Now, if you you say, well, yeah, of course, I, w- I want to go to church, the whole thing, and then you live your life of sin that you're previously, that you were saved from, the way that you previously walked in, I mean, these, these things that we, we walked in these ways once we were saved and we turn. That's what repentance is, is turning. It's not just having simply a change of mind about God. That's another horribly false teaching because it's not just having a change of mind about God. It's an acknowledgement and a turn from sin. It doesn't have to be perfected right away as another false teacher will tell you. Not just one, other false teachers will tell you. Because they put they, they, they put titles to these things and they say these things. No, it, it, it doesn't have to be perfected. But we have to have this base knowledge of our sin and we see that throughout scripture. We can refer to, you know, different people in scripture as, you know, we look at David, we know that he was an adulterer. Was he only an adulterer? Well, no. He did all the other ones, too. He broke all the other commandments at some point. But we know him by his most grievous sin. And that's somewhat true to us. Okay? We don't have it perfect, but we usually know the big things in our life that when we come to Christ, we're like, yep, I need to get away from that completely. I mean, and that's, that's the understanding you need to say, okay, right there. Uh, you know, not, not a lot of people interpret the woman at the well this way. And I don't understand how the text is clear, but when, when, when she asked Jesus for the living water, Jesus tells her to go get her husband. Then she tells him, I don't have a husband. Well, I'm living in sin with this man who is not my husband. Jesus says, go deal with that. That's not a condition for his salvation. It, it, it works together. Like that, that realization and what did she do? Come tell him, come see a man that, that told me everything that I ever do. Did. Okay. It's not, and that's not adding any works based salvation or anything to that. It's just having, having acknowledgement of that simple acknowledgement. Um, there's a lot of disagreement in that, but, um, that, that, that some people may have, but again, we want to stick biblical and not with our opinions or our feelings but nowhere does it say in any of this that we are saved and we will feel it it says that if we abide in christ and walk in the same way that he walked have and again this is this is assuming that you know that you you have come to christ uh, on your own and there was a faithful um proclamation of the gospel that you responded to and you know this is um this is just with that assumption but once we once we know that you say yeah i I know i I did all of that you know i i truly do believe in christ and you know but i just you know and i want to do good things but i just don't know well you know (laughs) you know because scripture tells you and it, it continues to go on in verse 7 in First John 2 to give more instruction. And we might as well just um, read through it. Beloved, I am writing you no new commandment, but an old commandment, 
that you had from the beginning. The old commandment is the word that you have heard. At the same time, it is a new commandment that I am writing to you, which is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away, and the true light is already shining. Whoever says he is in the light and hates his brother is still in darkness. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. Again, there's another. Whoever loves his brother abides in the light, and in him there is no cause for stumbling. But whoever, in verse 11, hates his brother is in darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. Remember, this is somebody that would say that I love Christ, right? And I, I, yeah, I follow Christ. I go to church. I do all the things. I sing all the songs. But that neighbor down the street, I can't stand her and she can never come over to my house. No, that's not how it works. I mean, that's, that's a, I mean, that's a very weak example of that, but you get the point in verse 11, but whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks in the darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. It's, it, it, it is crystal clear in scripture though, that you have no, there is no hate in a Christian's heart. There's no room for it. There's no room for this, this anger of, of hating somebody no matter how horrible it is <clears throat> flesh and blood isn't our enemy and christ can save anybody and we need to remember that in verse 12 he continues i'm writing to you little children because your sins are forgiven for his namesakes i am writing to you fathers because you know him who is from the beginning I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God abides in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world, in verse 15, or the things in the world. Here's another test. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The things of the world, this worldly system, this looking forward to only what is going on here. You know, this, it, it, this doesn't need to be as you know uh dogmatic as is labeling every single thing inside of the world as sin and, and not sin this is this is a idea of take it or leave it on certain things that don't go against god but don't love this don't hold on to this this world is not your home it's passing away it's temporary you're just passing through this life paul likens it to a tent it's a temporary dwelling place. It's, it's not something meant to be your home. You're tent camping through this world. You know, when you're tent camping, how much do you care about anything? 
not much. So it, it's it's don't tie yourself to this world or this world's systems. Now, for this ministry, for me personally, this is something where I had to do a complete opposite direction and, and I had to go move up into the mountains because the world for me was just, I had to do something different. So I had to move up into the mountains and we went into ministry. That's basically how that happened. I mean, there was a lot in between there, but that's the, that's the short version of that. So I know for me, um, you know, personally, I had to do this. And, and this was long even before I, I got into ministry that I started feeling this. But that was definitely the Lord when he started calling and he started working in my life and ultimately bringing uh, me here. But uh, we continue in verse 16. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father but is from the world and the world is passing away along with its desires but whoever does the will of god abides forever children it is the last hour and as a, you have heard that antichrist is coming so now many antichrists have come therefore we know that it is the last hour they went out from us but they were not of us for if they had been of us they would have continued with us, but they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you will all have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar? Another one. But he who denies that Jesus is the Christ. This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. I write to you, I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you received from him abides in you, which is the Holy Spirit. And you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. And I would, I would continue to, to, I would advise you to continue on uh, in your own study and, and read chapter three. Uh, because, you know, he goes, John goes deep into to more information for us as believers that we can have as, as just telling us, how do we know? Verse four in chapter three, everyone who makes a practice of sinning, 
Also practice lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know, you know, you understand that Jesus, it's that he appeared in order to take away sins and in him there is no sin. In verse 6, he says, so no one who abides in him keeps on sinning. No one who keeps on sinning has either seen him or known him. So there's your like test. You, like, did you stop sinning when you came to Christ? Well, you know, you're not going to stop sinning perfectly. You're not. But as we said earlier, you have this acknowledgement of your, your sin, at least your most grievous sin, right? Like, you know that, you know, if, if you're a sexually immoral person, I'm not going to want to be sexually immoral anymore. And that means, you know, probably in every, that means every single way, not probably that definitely means in every single way. Now is, is this person going to get that right and imperfect every single time? Is he never going to have a script? Absolutely not. Is he expected to be perfect in order to come to Christ? Absolutely not. But we have to have that knowledge and this, this, this confirmation that yes, that I believe that Jesus is the savior and for, for my sins. And I trust in his accomplished work in the cross. So if, if you, you, you know, if, if, if that's true, then you're going to, to see yourself sinning a lot less. You're going to, you're going to start, you are going to develop a holy hatred for sin. It's your own sin. You don't, you, you know, you, you're going to let that shape you as you grow on how to minister and how to, to glorify the Lord to other people, because that will, I mean, you have things that, that just shape you. If you're known as, you know, a thief, well, you stop stealing and you give. If you're, you know, if you're known as an adulterer, you stop, uh, you know, cheating and, and build marriages. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's that simple and, and the Lord will perfect this work in you. You know, we, we, we see this over and over again in, in John just like I said, first John is, is a beautiful book for these things. And he, and, and he pounds us in, in verse seven, let little children, let no one deceive you. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous as he is righteous in verse eight whoever makes a practice of sinning is of the devil for the devil has been sinning from the beginning the reason the son of god appeared was to destroy the works of the devil no one born of god makes a practice of practice of sinning for god's seed abides in him and he cannot keep on sinning because he has been born of god verse 10 by this it is evident who are children of God and who are of the devil. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is the one who does not love his brother. So, there's your test. Again, you can't expect to be perfect. But the Lord will absolutely 
purify you in this process. And you will develop this hatred. And it will shape you. And not th this hatred for, for what you've done. And, and you don't want to see anybody else have the same shame and pain that you have. So you, if you see this, you, you're, you're able to say, hey, in, in another brother or sister or, or somebody that you're even ministering to that's not, not saved, that you're speaking to and you're like, hey, I was in your same shoes. This is something that goes directly against God. And it's one of the worst things that you can do. You can't do that. Like, I know where you're at. I was there. But we can't do that. So, and, and that's what type of attitude it'll give you. It'll, it will shape you to move you, to move you forward and, and, and to make you better. Will you still sin? Absolutely. Your flesh. You can't help yourself. And we trust in the accomplished work of Christ on the cross as our atonement and sacrifice for those things that we can't help. But we have to make this conscience uh, effort to serve him. And by not sinning and, and doing good works and we say works and people freak out and think that we're talking salvation by works absolutely not salvation by works is a heresy salvation is by faith in christ alone and that faith a saving faith will produce all sorts of good works so you you, you find yourself going out and, and serving every single person that you can, that you can come across. You find that your, your heart softening to these things. There's your test. There's your self-test. That's how you know. You see these things, you affirm these things. Yes, absolutely. Well, guess what? The Bible tells you that you absolutely are sealed with the Holy Spirit. So, don't don't fear and also if even if you're struggling with sin even if remember we don't want to to they're like okay well i still sin so therefore i know that i'm not saved well that's not necessarily the case you can be saved and and and, and still caught in a sin and the lord will pull you out of that and that, that could be what he's doing now. If you have this just, you know, this this thing that's whatever's attached and it's really bothering you, then yeah, that's, that's the Lord knocking down. And, and if you're feeling that you need to, you know, to, to change this, then yes, absolutely. So you need you, you need to have you need to have this assurance, but at the same time, if you're like, well, yeah, I love Jesus, and but you know what, I don't I don't really think about my sin. I just you know, let him work it out. Uh, um, I'm just gonna go, you know, what what am I gonna walk around and like, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that, you know, you know, that's what the, somebody else would say, and well, <laughs> that's that's the wrong attitude as well. 
because it's it's yes there's there's definitely certain things that we turn from now and we don't touch and if you're doing those things and you're just trusting for christ to work it out and you're just a what we would call a sunday christian or have bought into this american gospel easy believism whatever you want to call it if this you're you're not saved you're mouthing the words but and and you're you're the one that's not truly of us but again, if, if you're caught in, in just this position where you want to and you feel, yes, give yourself grace in turn and, and come to the Lord in prayer and ask for forgiveness. He will restore you and, and you, will, you will, after that, you will produce fruit and you will have this relationship and th this relationship with the Lord will will excite you and it will it, you you will in a sense feel the Lord's presence not not in a you know I want to be careful with the way that I say that but you you definitely you absolutely will you can you know when you come to certain situations and you're like I need to give this person grace well there you are Lord because the flesh right here did not want to do that so you get you get really used to that and you say when you're at that moment you say thank you lord but you know if if again if you're just coming to christ and you're just you know you're still working out your salvation you're still turning it's something that we all do uh up until death or or rapture um it's something that we all do and we we all are perfected through it but we we certainly are not perfect and 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 should not ever claim to be because if we say that we have no sin that makes us a liar but john gives us the best indication that we can have to know that we truly love the lord if we truly love the lord we're going to abide in him and walk in the way that he walked so hopefully that answers the question for you. If there's any questions or if there's anything else that uh, comes from this, please go ahead and send them our way. And I will either, um, you can either email us or, or comment and we'll either answer them or, or send you a message back. So thank you guys and see you next time.